good evening. Good evening and welcome to Real Talk, Real Solutions with Dr. Anana. So happy that you could join me tonight. Uh, as you know, it is here in the United States. It is Minority Mental Health Awareness Month for the month of July. And all this month, the show, we have really been focusing on mental health and how it affects uh, the African-American community, if you will. And so we will continue with that focus tonight. And, you know, I have to say that the statistics are pretty alarming um, in regards to the, the, the African-American community and mental health. But I'm super excited that we can continue to have real talk real dialogue uh, as a civility ambassador. Um, you know, I'm truly passionate about bringing civility and reaching uh, those that typically are overlooked, if you will. Um, and tonight I have an amazing guest uh, that's gonna share her expertise with you all. Um, but you know, we, and we're gonna talk, y'all know it's just real talk because uh, some of the hot topics, if you following anything on social media, the news uh, with Kanye West has been a hot topic. <laughs> um, and, and that's, you know, not even, and, and it's funny because even the initial response would be to laugh, but I honestly have to look at it and to say that I'm, you know, really sad um, to, to see uh, you know, what's been going on with him and, of course, with his wife and, uh, you know, the things that he's been putting on social media. And I think she made an announcement that, you know, he has bipolar disorder and how it's affecting their family. And, and it's just interesting to see this all play out, you know, for the public to see, if you will. Uh, so then, of course, uh, you know, the entanglement on the red table with uh, Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith. Uh, and, you know, as I watched it, I really felt sad again. You know, of course, you know, the, and they uh, fist bumped to bad marriage forever. But when I really looked at Will's face, it was like a level of sadness. You know, it, I don't know. But anyway, we're going to talk about it tonight. <laughs> Let, let's just put it that way. We, we're going to have... Uh, some open discussion and dialogue about mental health in our community. So I wanna introduce you to my guest. And uh, let me just tell you, her name, she is actually from, from Brick City here in New Jersey. We call it, that's Newark, New Jersey, if you don't know. Now, Deja Unita Hinton, she is a professional who serves as an educator, a mentor, an advocate, and a counselor. She aspires to impact her community through empowerment and dedication to the helping profession. She has and continued to present various workshops and seminars within her community and is passionate about helping youth to discover their true purpose in life and the resilience that they embody to withstand any obstacle. She holds a bachelor's degree uh, from, in psychology from Keene University, a master's from Rutgers University. She's an active member in her community and she volunteers monthly. Uh, she serves on the board of Union County Family Service Organization. And, and just this really speaks to her dedication to her community. She actually serves on the advisory board for the NAMI, the AAACT now, and she's an affiliate, uh, which is an affiliate of the National Alliance of Mental Illness, which promotes mental health, wellness, outreach, and resources within the African-American community. Now, currently, Deja is employed as a professional school counselor with the East Orange Public School District. 
She's an adjunct professor of psychology at Union County College, one of my alma maters. Uh, she has a wealth of experience working in areas of mental health and rehabilitation counseling and is passionate about her life's calling. Here's what I love. Her motto is that the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And she realizes that her gift to inspire and counsel is given by God and to him all that he gets all the glory. Now, I'm going to bring her up because I hope, I don't know if y'all know, we do have some storms coming up here in Jersey. <laughs> so I hope you the thunder and the lightning uh, will wait off for us so we can get through this, this tonight's discussion because this is good stuff. So how are you, Deja? Welcome to Real Talk, Real Solutions. I am I am wonderful. Thank you so much for inviting me to be a guest on um, the show this um, this evening. And yes, you're absolutely right. It is raining and it is thundering, but we are going to have a great session this yes. evening. Yes, <laughs> that's right. We we are certainly going to make this happen tonight. Mm -hmm. And of course, I know you know you are fully aware of you know it being Minority Mental Health Awareness Month, and that's your life every month. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Um, but just the opportunity to really highlight and create awareness. And thank you for your yes to partner with me uh, tonight. I had you as a guest, was it this year or last year, uh, at our NAACP yeah. branch meeting. And you were phenomenal. Thank you. Right? Time just be flying. I think it was last year. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was. I believe it was around October last year. So, yes, time has totally flown by. <laughs> Indeed, indeed, indeed. So let's get right into it because you are the expert. You are the clinician. You have boot on grounds when we talk about mental health and, of course, dealing with, you know, our community, dealing with the minority community. And so I was just looking that, um, you know, mental illness, it does not discriminate. No. You know, so to all our leaders, African-Americans are 10 percent more likely to and you may even have more up to date statistics mm -hmm. to experience serious psychological distress. Mm -hmm. But the challenge is they don't even stop there. The only 30 percent of the African-American community receive mental health support mm -hmm. compared to the average across the United States is 43 percent. Right. And then when you even consider uh, suicide rates, that the suicide rate has risen 56 percent for teens across all ethnic and racial groups. Right. And this is from 2001 to 2017. And then when you consider African-American adolescents, which, of course, you you work with in the school system, that the rates have risen to over 60 percent for males and it has doubled for females. Now, if this is not a time for us to have these discussions, for us to raise the flag, get your get your uh, microphone, your your megaphone, and let's really talk about this and raise awareness in our community. So I want you, you know, you just just those numbers alone. I mean, where do we start? Where do we begin tonight? Well, and, and let me let me just really say this, you know, I have to really thank you for even allowing us to have this platform because this is actually where it starts. You know, we have we hear all of these statistics and yes, they're very startling, but this is the main way that we can actually bring awareness to our community is really talking about it. Now, you know, for years, for decades, for generations, when it came down to mental health, especially in the black community, this is something that was more so taboo than anything. We didn't talk about, 
All right. So I want to, uh, you know, officially thank you for allowing us and the speakers. I know the last few weeks to really come on and really get to the nitty gritty about this issue. Um, in an effort to really pay homage to Minority Mental Health Awareness Month, I have to pay homage to B.B. Campbell. I don't know if you're familiar with B.B. Campbell. But she was a champion and a mental health educate a mental health um, education supporter, you know. And she actually was a leading African American author who co-founded NAMI, which is the National Alliance of Mental Illness in Urban Los Angeles. And she quoted something that I just feel is just so profound. She says, "People of color, particularly African Americans, feel the stigma more keenly in a race conscious society. Some don't want to be." perceived as having yet another deficit. And if you're talking about mental illness, this really speaks volumes because we as a people, we're dealing with so many other issues and problems. However, mental health is considered to be like just another deficit on top of what we're going through. You mentioned some statistics and just to share, I know the, you know, according to the Columbian um, University of Psychiatry, mental health is definitely, we, we all know is an essential part of our overall physical health and satisfaction. However, the black community suffers from an increased rate of mental health concerns, including anxiety and depression. 13.4% of the U.S. population identifies which as Black or African American reports mental health um, and mental health or a mental illness episode within the last year. That's about 7 million people. And that's a combination in regards to the population of Chicago, Houston, and Philadelphia. So yes, this is a topic that we really need to address. I, and, and even... Even you listing those topics, some of those cities just today, I think I just read like a half an hour ago, that the president is sending federal officers just to those cities. I, you know, I mean, there's just so much that's going on right now. Mm -hmm. You know, I said we're dealing with a pandemic inside of a pandemic inside of a pandemic, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So dealing with COVID, right? Dealing with uh, all the racial tension, the, the killings, you know, it's just so much that can cause stress and anxiety um, in this time, in this season, that we have got to talk about it. Like we, we've got to, you know, I, I saw, um, you know, different platforms where they're offering free counseling just for black males alone. Mm -hmm. But I think it's just the silence that, you know, we don't really see. Like this plays a part on our mental wellness, on our mental wholeness, everything that you see that's happening today. Um, so I, I get it. I get it. We, we've got to talk about it. We have to offer solutions um, and, and, you know, and really address these things that's going on right now. And, and let's really take a look at really what the main issues are. You know, we look at some of the psychological difficulties within our community. You know, we know it's related to a lack of access of appropriate um, and cultural responsive mental health services. Let's just be for real. Although there are black therapists and counselors, we still do not have enough services to, to serve our community. Let's look at prejudice and racism, systemic racism, which now we're beginning to see much more. It's like the light is totally shining, and we're beginning to see a lot of these disparities that we really never paid a lot of attention to. You know, um, on top of the trauma that we're dealing with, you know, um, the daily environment that African-American um, people have to go through, what they live through, the historical trauma, on top of down this new mass trauma of COVID-19.
what are we dealing with with COVID-19? We're dealing with uncertainty. We're dealing with isolation. We're dealing with grief. We're dealing with financial or human losses. You know, I would be remiss if I didn't mention to you, you know, or even share on this platform, you know, and I'm a therapist myself, but from March 13th, you know, my whole world was flipped. I mean, just flipped. <laughs> it was a 360 for me. And that, and I say that because I lost members of my family. I lost two members within eight hours from each other. I lost members of my church family. Um, on top of just things that was going on that affected me, you know, so these are things that we're dealing with to add police brutality. Now we're living through the black lives movement, which is now riding on the skirt tails of this pandemic. So yes, we really have to address some of these issues. We have to. It, it, it's, it, it's huge. It, it's huge. Like you said, the Black Lives Matter. And I think one of my first uh, episodes this month was really talking about mothering through a crisis. Mm -hmm. Right. So then you're dealing with COVID. I'm dealing with trying to keep my family healthy and safe. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And then as a mother, I have to worry about my children, not just keeping them healthy, but now keeping them alive. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and just my condolences, of course, to you, because we have not even begun to deal with uh oh uh oh well as you can see the oh my goodness <laughs> oh my goodness so guys we are actually in a storm right now oh, okay. back on. <laughs> this is real talk right now can you hear me yes i can hear you because i can't hear you can you hear me all right you might have to go out and come back Okay, um, I may have to go out and come back in. Yeah, yeah. But this is a uh, reality of the things that we are dealing with. Um, and we're living with, of course, a storm. Uh, but, you know, just thinking about mental health uh, and, you know, the stresses that things have on us and we don't really address it, right? And I feel like it's okay to say, I need to go talk to somebody. I need to get some help. I'm dealing with depression. I'm dealing with anxiety. These are real true uh, disorders, right? These are real true illnesses that we need to we need to get help with, right? We need to seek therapy. If I had diabetes, if I had heart condition, if I had hypertension, you know, you name it, right? It would be okay. You would immediately say, Anana, you need to go to a doctor. You need to see someone. But when I see someone suffering, when I see someone hurting, when I see someone in pain, I'm not necessarily so quick to say, sis, you need to get a therapist. Mm -hmm. Sis, you need to go talk to somebody, right? You know, how, how do we do that? Or how do we even approach that? Because I'm sure some listeners right now may, even for themselves, you know, maybe thinking that they need to get some help and or mm -hmm. they know someone who may be suffering. And you're even speaking about the loss, you know, um, of loved ones, even during this time, or them even being ill and you can't even go to the hospital to visit them. Right. These are all things that will stress you. People that are dying alone in the hospital. Right. These are all things that add another level of stress uh, and anxiety, depression. Um, how do you really grieve? You know, when you necessarily may not have been able to have a real funeral or mm -hmm. have a real uh, service. Right. For people. I mean, this is it's just enormous. Right. Mm -hmm. It's enormous. So I don't know, you know, from your perspective as the professional, I mean, how do you, you know, advise or what do you think, what would be some of your, your tips or things that you would advise people that are watching today? 
Well, I, I think number one, and I do apologize because I went out a few different times. So I didn't yeah, hear everything you were saying. Um, but in regards to just understanding who we are, I think we actually have to make our own priority, our own mental health a priority. That's number one. Um, I think so often, you know, especially um, as African-Americans, African-American women, we tend to be the superwoman. We want to be strong. You know, um, that is what ha we have been told all of our lives. We are the strong black woman we are a strong community and yes that may be correct however taking on that persona is killing us all right we got stress um high levels of hypertension um cardiovascular disease as a result of stress so we have to make ourselves number one Number one, practice self-care. You know um these last couple of months for me as I had shared has been pretty traumatic, you know, with dealing with the various loss and issues that has been going on within my family and community. But I had to realize, you know, like, okay, Daisha, step back. All right. There's some things that I can't handle on my own. And I have to be okay. Just as I tell my clients when I'm counseling, I have to be okay with not being okay. So what does that mean? That means I may have to step back. That means I may have to find a, a quiet place for me to, to just turn off the phone. For the first couple of weeks of this COVID pandemic, I literally had to get off of Facebook. I had to get off of the TV because everything I saw was rest in peace. Um, you know, sorry for your loss. Um, the numbers are climbing. And that was causing some internal anxiety within myself. So I had to learn to practice self-care. I had to learn to get into that quiet place. Um, whatever your religion or whatever your spirituality may be, you know, taking solace in that. Um, connecting with a, a group of people. And I'm not saying, no, not to connect with your family, but I needed to step away from my family because a lot of what we were going through, you know, we were grieving as a family, but I needed to find a support system amongst my friends or amongst people that, you know, that understand me. You know, I had to seek counseling myself, you know. So these are things that we need to do. We need to practice the self-care. We need to take time out just to breathe and just to be okay. And if we're not okay, admit that and be okay with it. Good stuff right there. So let me go over that. And if you're watching, please put in the comments. And I know I may not have mentioned that because we had some, some technical issues, but make sure you like, share, and comment and join this, this discussion. If you have any questions, make sure you type those in because here, and, and the importance of really sharing it, because if it's not you today, right? There's someone that's connected with you. We already told you the numbers and the statistics. So we are pretty sure that there's someone that is connected to you, someone that's a part of your friends and your family here on Facebook, here if you're watching on Spotify, YouTube, that may be experiencing and feeling exactly what we're talking about. So if not even just for yourself, but for a loved one, someone that you care about, make sure you like, but type in because I, I like this first one, make mental health a priority. Make it a priority. I don't think we can say that loud enough. Type mm -hmm. that in. Mental health needs to be a priority. Just as your mm -hmm. physical health is, your mental health needs to be a priority. And you mm -hmm. said that, especially black women, it's like you're a strong black woman, right? And, and we don't even have the opportunity to say, no, I'm about to go. I'm about to lose it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, it is not a good it's not a compliment. Like, you know, we're so used to hearing, oh, you're a strong black woman and that's such a great thing. But being that strong black woman is killing 
us every single day. So we have to be able to take that mask off. I am not okay. If I don't get some help, I'm going to lose it or hurt somebody. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and really seek the assistance that we need. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that is huge. And of course, self-care, we've been speaking about that on each one of the topics before. Mm -hmm. Being okay with not being okay. And turning mm -hmm. off social media, even the news. Mm -hmm. I mean, how could you just imagine watching every day, like you said, rest in peace, watching these protests, watching, you know, our children and our loved ones being brutalized, <laughs> being a targeted, you know, uh, what they call with the Karens and all of that, you know, just simple mm -hmm. things, right, that, that we are being, um, you know, marginalized. It's just so much. So mm -hmm. it is so important. I think the number one thing is make mental health a priority. And, and, and my thought and my question is, what does mental wellness even look like? What mm -hmm. does it even feel like? Because sometimes we don't know, like, what you know, what does it mean when I'm off? You know what I mean? Like, what does that feel like? When I'm in a good place, this is what's happening. This is what it feels like. But when I'm not, this is what I exemplify. These are, you know, like what, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but how do you even know when you're not in a good place? Like, how do you even identify that, you know? Well, what I would say, I say awareness is key. And when you can become aware of something, that's then when you can actually begin to change it. And so oftentimes we're not aware of those issues or those problems or that, you know, we're at our breaking point. And what I would encourage people to do, if you begin to practice self-care, you're going to find and you got to figure out, okay, I'm not feeling like myself today. Maybe I do need to take some extra time off. Or, you know what, I don't really feel like handling this, you know, let me um, take a break or, or take a walk. I think you really have to get in tune with who you are. Um, but the problem is, especially within our community, we have been so used to normalizing the trauma that we have dealt with in life that it has become second nature for us. So guess what? We, we, we have dealt with it for 20, 30 years. Our mama dealt with it. Our daddy dealt with it. And we just automatically feel like, okay, this is just how it is. And it really isn't. So I would suggest for anybody to get into a place within yourself where you can really sit back and really get in tune with who you are, you know, and, and it may say, it may be uncomfortable because you may have to set some boundaries, you know, and you know how we are, we're wives and we're, you know, we're, we're women, career women. We don't like to set those boundaries at times or we don't feel comfortable, but you really got to get in tune with you. That's good. Yeah. I that, see, that's I see one of my counterparts, um, Brittany. Hi. Yes, hey, Dr. Brittany. She's a phenomenal therapist. Let me yes, tell she you. is. She's a phenomenal therapist in our um in this area. So hello. Yes, Dr. Brittany, just put that. I know it's the Freeman space. Even put that in the comment because she has an amazing uh offices in multiple locations here in New Jersey. So if she even just puts her website or something, just put that out there because that's what we certainly certainly need um yeah. in this time in this season so so you're and that's why i think when you said be get quiet you know like mm -hmm. you have to get to know yourself and know when you when you're off if you will 
Um, so this this is just good. So one one thing, like I said, I had mentioned when we were looking in all of the, the goings ons in the media right now, and, and you look at like Kanye West, and you know, reportedly that he is bipolar, and you saw some of his his rants and things this past week, and you see Kanye say, I mean Kanye, what's her name, Kim, <laughs> talking about you know how the family deals with this mental illness, and now she's filing for divorce. I mean, it's just all of this stuff, but it still boils down to mental illness. Right. I mean, and the funny thing is, and and of course, I talked about uh, Will and Jada. And when I was even thinking about this August thing. Right. And when I looked at him and he was telling his story the whole time, I'm like, this is so sad. This kid really needs help. Like, you know, I don't know. That's just my my standpoint. I'm just looking like this is not funny. This is it's like mental illnesses like you know being out on the forefront just being played out for people to see and nobody's like oh my goodness <laughs> i don't know so what do you think what do you think <laughs> i mean you know and that's that's a lot to unpack <laughs> between just those two cases but i think it is a prime example of um what we go through, even as a community, when, when we're talking about mental health issues, you know, I, I was on my social media page and platforms and it's like everybody was making a joke out of it. And I'm like, this is not a joke. Like, this is something serious. You know, here we have Kanye West and he's actually going through, a, you know, a bipolar episode, you know, who probably needs to definitely either be hospitalized or receiving some type of, you know, intense treatment. And then here we have the Jada and the Will entanglement situation, which is like, you know, another slap to our face in regards to our relationships, family dynamics within the Black community, which is, you know, an effect of trauma that we might have dealt with even within the family origin. So there's so many issues, but we still don't see it as it being a serious issue. So I'm hoping and I'm praying that, you know, both of them, all of them get the help and the services that they need. it is definitely something that we we really need to pay closer attention to because this is something that's impacting us greatly. Indeed, indeed, and and I like how you said it. It's, these are serious issues. You know what I mean? And I'm sure, like you said, from your standpoint to see it, it's like, oh my goodness, like this is really happening. This is an absolute train wreck, right? <laughs> that people are commenting on it, tweeting about it, they're mean about it, but you really realize that this 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 is such so, so harmful, you know, and disruptive behavior and feelings and all kinds of stuff um, that that's really happening. And again, mental health, making it a priority, like nothing. Nothing else matters if I'm off, if I'm not whole, if I'm not well, right? And and so that's that. So I mean, like I said, we can go on and on about that one. But <laughs> um, from your, you know, from from an expert standpoint, the other thing I was thinking about, and I know even some of the statistics that we were saying about suicide and um, dealing with adolescents, and of course, you work in that area and working with the school in the schools. And imagine now these kids that have been out of school since March, right? Um, Isolation, not really being able to connect with their friends. One of the things we're dealing with, even with Blessed Girls, with my nonprofit is, you know, trying to have virtual events, you know, where the girls can get together. We have like a yoga night. We had a mindfulness night, you know, different things to where they can come fellowship. But again, making their mental 
health, their mental uh, wellness, that you know, a priority, even their mm -hmm. physical bodies, a priority. Um, so mm -hmm. what are some of the things that you, you see currently dealing with COVID um, and, and what were some, you know, suggestions or expert advice that you would give right now in this time dealing with uh, adolescents and parents of young children now? And, and, you know, it, it is very difficult. You know, I, I'm a high school counselor and, you know, when when COVID hit, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking about even my juniors and my seniors, um, it was just traumatic for them. You know, they couldn't experience prom. They couldn't experience, you know, the festivities of the, the year in activities. Um, what I would suggest, especially for parents out there, if you are a parent of a student, you know, this is a very difficult time. I, I mean, I know we're currently in the summer. Um, and we don't know what the outcome is going to be when we return back in September, if we return back. But I would definitely encourage parents to definitely, you know, talk to your child, see how things are going. Um, you know, tune in with what they're feeling. You know, it's okay to ask your child, hey, are you okay? It's okay to go through their social media. It's okay to go through their phone because a lot of times, you know, when you hear of situations, especially um, regarding suicide, there are definitely warning signs, but sometimes parents just don't see them. So I would encourage my parents to definitely speak with your child, um, be in tune with your child, know what's going on. You know, I want to share some of these statistics that I receive in regards to suicide, <clears throat> because even in our community, you know, suicide, we didn't talk a lot about it, um, but we are now seeing that the rates are increasing. In 2017, suicide, excuse me, was the second leading cause of death for African-Americans ages 15 to 24. The death rate from suicide for African-American men was actually more than four times greater than for African-American women in 2017. Um, as a, a report from the U.S. Surgeon General found that from 1980 to 1995, the suicide rate among African-American ages 10 to 14, and this is that school age range that we're talking about, increased. 233% as compared to 120% of non-Hispanic whites. Now, this is in 2017. Now, fast forward to 2020, we're living through a pandemic. I can just imagine these numbers, unfortunately, probably doubling. So that's why I want to encourage my parents, you know, if you see signs or if you see things that just does not seem okay, you know, if your child is withdrawn or just exhibiting some symptoms that you're not used to, definitely reach out. There are resources out there. Talk with them. Go through their phones. Look for whatever information you can to relate to that child because you don't know what they're going through. Dr. Britt was saying and So Manoa's like, wow, because we don't realize this. You know, like these are the numbers, like they say the facts, the facts are they they are telling right and they're under mm -hmm. underneath it. And we don't or we're not aware until it's us, until it's affected, until it's our niece, until it's our nephew, until it's our child. Right. Our grandchild. So I, and I, I know Dr. Burke was saying, what are some of the warning signs? Um, right now. So like we're saying, we have our kids at home, you know, you're trying mm -hmm. to keep them social distancing, right? Mm -hmm. How would I know if, you know what, maybe this time for them to get some therapy, or maybe we even need to go as a family, what would be some of the, the signs for that? And what would be, 
how do I even get them to do it? I mean, you know, some, some, you know, families where, you know, the adults may not, you know, I mean, some families is traditional, but others where I may struggle with getting my child to do this right at this point and see the need for it. What would be some of your advice, if you will, for that? Well, what I would say, first and foremost, is definitely to, to identify, let's say, behaviors. I feel that a lot of times we, 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 we negate to look at those types of behaviors. So let's say if your child was really active, you know, was going outside and then all of a sudden now they're withdrawn. They don't want to go outside. They no longer want to do the things that excite them. That is a that's a flag right there. You know, why don't you want to go outside? Why aren't you talking on the phone? Let's say they isolate themselves, you know what's going on you know so these are things that we need to take a look at um I, you know i'm privileged i had a, you know i was brought up in the church and my mom used to always say listen you know we going to church <laughs> this is how we're going to do things and I, I appreciate that you know but one thing she often says she says you know we're going to have an open dialogue communication she says whatever is going on yes i'm your mother but i need you to talk to me if you can't talk to me write it in a letter you know so i encourage my parents you know to have your child give them a piece of paper okay if you don't want to talk to me directly write it down give it to me write me a letter or you know what as the parent you write a letter to them hey i'm noticing some things are off do you want to talk about it tell me what's going on um you know do not be afraid to to go through i mean i know some parents may feel a little bit different i'm i'm a little old school but don't be afraid to look through some of their personal belongings, you know, because sometimes that's when we find out what's really going on. Checking in with even their friends. OK, what's going on? Hey, what y'all talking about? You know, let me check their social media. Let me check their phone. You know, it's OK. You can be that type of parent. It is it is really okay. I think a lot of times, you know, especially when talking to parents who are dealing with situations with their children, a lot of times the parents say, I had no idea. Yeah. And sometimes the child will say, well, mom, I tried to tell you. I tried to tell you, but you were working too much or you weren't listening to me. So look for those subtle signs. You know, if they don't want to eat their favorite food, well, what's going on? You know, they don't want to go outside. Let's let's talk about this. And guess what? Maybe we need to bring the entire family to show support yeah. that, hey, this is not just you, but we are in this thing together. Yeah. Mommy is having a difficult time, too. Daddy's having a difficult time, too. But let's talk about this. Yeah. Yeah, That that's it. Mm -hmm. That that is, that is so key. Like you said, it's, it's togetherness. We're that's in this it. together. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, and not being afraid to, you know, I've had parents that have shared with me, you know, they are afraid to tackle certain topics. You know, um, I don't want to talk about this with them. You know, I don't want to talk about that with them. Talk about it. But that's what, if you don't talk to them, they're going to get it from somewhere. You know, whether it's the media, whether it's their friends, you know, so don't be afraid to have those challenging conversations. And you may be surprised what they come out with when you can really have those conversations with your child. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that is so important um even like you said to connect with the friends of the friends you know on the, the that unit because like you said they are sharing certain things and you want to have that open line of communication so that even if something is going on you know that the friend could connect with me you know make sure you have the numbers of your friends or the instagrams you know i get on and see who's liking it oh that's just joe oh that's john 
you know, let me uh let me connect with them, you know, and follow their page and see what's going on. That's key. And and yeah. even Dr. Britt was saying um that it's even important for us to even as parents to engage and help and support one another um even through this i, I think that's key too uh to reach out and you know create this support group if you will you know and and because when we start talking amongst ourselves they're like oh my mother talked to your mother you know we can cross reference stuff <laughs> so that's that's definitely definitely good stuff definitely good stuff so let me let me um let me read to you this post that I had shared earlier today, and I wanted to think, see your thoughts on it, right? So it mm -hmm. says, you want to break generational curse? Give your kids the right to tell you when something you're doing is hurting them without being defensive or dismissive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I felt like that hit me as even a parent. Um, you know, when as far as parenting, a lot of times, kids don't feel comfortable because they already know where we stand on it, right? But if they have a feeling that's contrary to that, or they have an idea or a thought, and they feel like it's not open that they could dialogue, or they'll be dismissed when they do speak about it, or belittled, or what was the word? Will we become defensive and dismissive with our children? So I shared that on my page. I shared it with some of my other groups because it just hit me in the gut a bit, you know, that I want to always still, no matter what, be able to have open communication with my child, you know, that I won't be dismissive. I won't blow them off, you know, but I am here to listen to them. So, I, you know, I think that's just another piece of advice that we can say for parents when we're talking about, you know, mental health and helping our kids. That definitely. And, you know, and it's funny because I read that post earlier this week and um, my cousin and I, he's an educator. He had reposted it and we were just talking about, you know, like if we had parents that really talked to the kids and made them feel like, hey, that this is OK, then how much more would your child be open to sharing with you some of those issues and problems? Um, oftentimes, you know, when I'm working with my students, a lot of times they say, oh, I can never tell my mom that because, oh, my gosh, she's going to kill me. You know, and in my mind, I'm thinking, well, your mama probably was doing the same thing, if not worse. You know, so we want the parents to be open with that communication and not be afraid. You know, this is your child. You know your child. Matter of fact, you know your child more than the counselor, more than the educator. So get to know your child. Now, I did read one of the comments that says, what can parents do to engage um, with their children, especially during this time? Now, granted, this pandemic is has been traumatic for a lot of people. But I tend, just like I say, my motto is the best is yet to come. I also believe that sometimes even in despair, some great things can come out of despair. Some great things can come out of just bad situations. And I would encourage my parents, even during this time, although things may not be the best, but take time to create some memories during this time. Do some activities, whether it's just an art and craft activity, whether it's just a TikTok. I've been seeing so many TikTok videos. I'm even, I don't have any kids, but I have two nieces. And I'm like, maybe I make me a TikTok video and dance. But these are actually ways and strategies that you can really become one with your child and really begin to understand what's really going on in their world. Okay, I like that. Daisha, you're going to be on TikTok? Let me find <laughs> out. I need to get on TikTok too. <laughs> I may be. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. That's good. So, that's that's good. I stuff. wanted to talk about.
shouting out though, you know, we're talking about minority mental health awareness and, you know, how this is still an issue um, in our community, you know, and I want to talk about like, what are some ways that we can actually combat this issue, you know, um, and I had mentioned earlier, you know, it's, it's okay to not be okay. Um, we need to take off that mask and that persona of being that strong black woman. Um, we need to practice self-care, but we also need um, to utilize platforms and educational platforms to get the awareness out. Um, I look at a lot of faith-based organizations and I want to encourage, you know, for those who may attend a church or, you know, an organization, faith-based organization, I know one thing that my church is doing, and I have to give props to my bishop, Bishop Anthony Gilliard from um, Bethlehem Judah Christian Fellowship. We're located in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Just a plug-in. Um, but one thing we started um, within the last two years is Sam's House, which is a mental health um, initiative that we have at our church. Um, we have social workers, we have licensed professional counselors, and we provide um, just seminars, workshops, um, regarding mental health issues. And I think if more of our churches or our faith-based organizations open up their doors um, and created a place to talk about some of these issues, then, you know, we definitely would get that information out and it actually will impact our community and the well-being of our community regarding mental health. Um, I also want to encourage those counselors, you know, Dr. Britt, I know she is phenomenal, um, but if there are any other counselors, you know, counselors of color, you know, do not be afraid to put your name out there. Um, you would not believe how many referrals I have received, you know, of individuals, you know, of color who are now looking for counseling, you know, because they realize that they can't tackle certain things alone, but they're looking specifically for counselors of color. So if you are a counselor or a mental health provider, definitely get your name out there on those directories. Let people know that, hey, I'm here to assist you because there is help out there for us, you know. Um, and I think we need to continue to work collaboratively, um, you know, and I want to encourage the, those who are watching, you know, go speak to, you know, your, um, your town representative. We need to really begin, you know, this is a big year, an election year, but we really need to begin to change some of these policies you know, in our counties, in our states, you know, definitely bringing mental health services to your community, bringing mental health services to your school. Not every school has therapeutic um, services, mental health services for the students. And as we know, what we're going through now, our kids are definitely going to need it. So these are just some ways that we can combat, um, you know, minority mental health issues that we are facing each and every day. Oh, so many levels because like you said everybody can do something it, it seems like it's just this enormous issue but there's little things that we can do you know if it all be it in our own family I think Dr. Britt talked about you know improving just communication right and, and getting your children comfortable and your you and your spouse or your you know extended family improving communication like you said you know what going to the local town hall meeting or going to your state government you know plugging into different organizations and seeing and knowing what are they doing about mental health in your community, right? What are the services? Because, you know, just being your own advocate. And I know that that's certainly something that um, you do and, and how we can support that is definitely, definitely key. Um, so it, it's just, it's just incredible. The, the, I don't know, how can you say this? It's like, it's, um, 
it's there, but it's not there. Or like we we see it, we know it, you know, mm -hmm. even, you know, we can even go back in time and we were probably younger because, you know, time, going back in time. But we knew that that person was a little special over there. Or, you know, <laughs> but we never really knew what it was. Right? Mm -hmm. Um and never really even addressed it. So I think that's even what, what Dr. Britt was saying. It's like generational, right? Mm -hmm. You you knew somebody who had some issues or really didn't deal with it. Nobody really knew it. You kept it in the corner. You kept it in the closet. But mm -hmm. there was a mental illness there, yeah. you know? And even the genetics of that, um, you know, play a part. But we never just was open and free. Like I said, if you had hypertension, if you had diabetes, if you had sickle cell anemia, if you had heart cardiovascular, it's okay. Let's talk about it. Let's deal with it. You know, major clinical depression, all of these things, different anxiety disorders, like that should not be a stigma to them. Like, let's just talk about it. You know, let's just be okay with it. Um, and how do we get to that? You know, I don't know what, what your thoughts are about that. You, you know, and that I think, you know, that's an age old problem. And I, although yeah. I feel as though that we are um, progressing, you know, and, okay. you know, we are you know, getting, you know, making strides, it's still very difficult. You know, um, talking about like generations, like, you know, I'm the first mental health therapist in my family. And I remember as I was going through my clinical training, going through graduate school, I had a family member, not much older than me at the time says, well, why are you becoming a counselor? You know, I had shared with you earlier, I come from a very religious family. And, you know, why are you becoming a counselor? You know, we go to Jesus. We don't just go to counselors. And I said to myself, I said, well, that's probably the reason why we got so many issues in the family. Because not saying that Jesus can't help us. Yes, we know that. But guess what? If you have diabetes, you're going to go to your medical doctor to make sure that your blood sugar is regulated. You know, if you're having, um, you know, hypertension, you know, you're going to go to your med medical doctor to get a prescription to lower your, your blood pressure. So why is it that we can't talk about these situations? You know, and it is, it's a lot of stigma because guess what? When we look at it, you know, a lot of us don't want to admit because we think of it as a sign of weakness. You know, yes. we are weak if we are um, hurting because we're not supposed to be weak. We're supposed to be resilient. We're supposed yes. to be able to tackle this. But guess what? We're dying because of these issues, you know? So I think we really need to start um, really attacking the stigma. There is nothing wrong with counseling. There is nothing wrong with reaching out for help. You know what? Your life depends on it. If I can say that again, your life depends on it. Think about when you're taking a flight, you know, and they say that if the plane is going down, you got to have the oxygen, you know, you got to take, you got you to take some oxygen for yourself because you can't help nobody else unless you're able to be at a better place. So we have to continue. That's why I said mental health has to be your own priority. You cannot be the mother that you want to be. You cannot be the wife that you want to be. You cannot work on that job and get all that work done unless you really begin to pour into yourself and get the help that you need. Yeah, powerful. Powerful, powerful, powerful. And, and that's, I mean, I guess my biggest takeaway from even our time today is that mental health 
it needs to be a priority. We need to make our mental health a priority of our family, especially as women. We really are the leaders in a lot of ways when it comes to health and when it comes to wellness and medical care that we usually are the decision makers, right? When it comes to that. So it really does start with us to say, no, this stops, it starts and it stops here. We are going to address this. We're not going to live with these stigmas. We're going to deal head on. And it was just one thing that I saw last week that made me, of course, think about this topic. And it was actually Seal. I don't know, remember him, the singer? Uh, yes. Seal, I forgot who he was married to, an actress or what have you, but he had this selfie and he said the, the picture embraced his strength, his sadness, his passion, and his hurt. And a lot of people was like, why are you sad, right? And he said, well, mm -hmm. see, sadness is often looked upon as negative. And he said, I used it, I used to feel that way, but now I see it as a part of the process of growing. You know, mm. like there are it's so we it's okay to be sad, but you know, you don't stay in that place. You Sadness is a part of life. And yeah. I don't know what what do you think about that? And of course, dealing with youth and just in counseling in general, you know, when is it that okay, I'm just having a bout with sadness, but now really I may be depressed and I'm going into something else. What does that look like, if you will? And I do feel as though it is a thin line. And yes, we go through emotions. It's a part of life. You know, ebbs and flows of life. You know, one day you're good, one day you're not good. You know, one day you're sad, you know, one day you're not sad. I mean, but I think when it becomes an issue where it's actually impacting your life, your day-to-day -day life, whereas now you can't get up out of bed, whereas now you're partaking in some, you know, maladaptive behaviors, you're drinking, you know, you're taking drugs or anything to kind of help you to, to get past that, that difficult time, that's then when you really need to be like, okay, I need some help. I can't handle this by myself. So I think you need to definitely, I had mentioned earlier, being aware um, becoming one with yourself, knowing when you, you know, your triggers, knowing, hey, I'm just having a bad day, but then knowing, hey, this has been lasting for a couple days now, and I'm not getting any better. And once you get to that place, that's then when you need to reach out for, for services. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Okay. Yeah, that, 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 that is good because like I said, in this time, in this season, there's a whole lot to be sad about. I mean, just be, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just have to be honest. Like, you know, that's why even when I started this series this month, you know, I was telling one of the guests that I found myself like crying every day. Right. Because I'm like, it, it was just sadness, like a level of grief was really on me because it was just so much to deal with. So much, like you say, you're seeing on the news, you're seeing with social media, you know, and then but you still got a parent. I still got to, you know, I could put on this face and be happy, you know, put on a smile. But there still is a level of sadness. There's still a level of concern. And I think one of the other guests, she was like, it's not even so much fear, but more concern, you know, um, and even I for myself, I got back into therapy, um, you know, just to get through this, like you said, to make my own mental health a priority. Because I can't, listen, if I go down, the whole ship is going to be you know, because a lot of times we're not very transparent, you know, and I've noticed in this season, you know, I was sharing with you, like the, the losses that I've dealt with, you know, and, you know, even two weeks ago, you know, I lost my grandmother and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so much loss. Like, I, I can't deal with this. You know, I had to call my counselor. I'm like, listen, can we talk? <laughs> you know, and I, I had to be okay with that. You know, I'm a therapist myself. People are coming to me. I had family members reaching out to me and I had to be like, wait a minute. 
mm-mm, okay, I, I, I'm with you. I want to be there for you, but I got to handle this first because I can't be good for anybody else until I handle this shit. And not be afraid to ask for help. You know, um, I think that's an issue that we often have, especially as women. You know, we don't want to ask nobody for help. You know, <laughs> I got this. Right. Ask for help. You know, it is okay. And it's okay to say no. That will bless your life. Learn to say no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's 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 huge, you know, about saying no and even mm-hmm. no, like there's certain environments that I'm just not gonna be in. Like it's yeah. not, it's not, it's not beneficial for me right now to be that's in this it. environment. Like that's I must it. protect my space, I must protect my peace, and being that's okay it. and being comfortable even with that mm-hmm. is so 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 key. So um, you know, one of those, like I said, takeaways that you have to know, you know, your your boundaries, your limitations. Um, and now nah, I'm good. You can miss me with that one. Look, that party, that cookout, whatever now, nah, not today. Like I just you know, I'm like I'm okay. <laughs> And that, that's so important, like, uh, you know, protecting your peace at all costs, you know, and that's a lesson that I've had to learn within the last couple of years. There are some people, guess what? There may even be some family members that you may have to be like, not today and, and be okay with it. And it's fine, you know, but you have to protect your peace. I think what you have to learn is that especially what we're going through, you know, life is is really um, so many different transitions and you have to kind of be able to go with the flow, but you have to also be able as you're going with the flow to be like, okay, this is something that I can't do right now or I can't deal with right now and be okay with those things. Be okay with setting those boundaries for yourself as well as for your loved ones. Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely, definitely powerful, powerful steps. So, you know what? Th- this has been an incredible discussion. I know a lot of times, you know, we're like, oh, you know, they're coming on the show. What are we going to do? What are we going to talk about? And as you can see, time just flies by. Um, but I wanted to make sure, I want to just first thank you. Um, and again, learning more about your story and, you know, the things that you have lost, the, the people that you have lost, even dealing with COVID. Um, you know, again, my condolences and prayers to you, uh, you know, dealing with even the loss of your grandmother like because this is real talk like this is real life stuff that's happening that's going on every day and we got to continue moving forward you know like we have you know it's just like just keep on going you know but I, and even for you just taking time for yourself you're talking about the self the self-care getting to know yourself you know and when you're off what you need um it, it's so key but it's just a level of uh, maturity and it's not necessarily about age but you know being in tune with yourself this is it this is all you know like this is all you got <laughs> like this is this is the body this is what we have is it this this is not no dress rehearsal this mm. is this one life that we have to live <laughs> and we have to live it you know to the fullest no regrets if you will um you know and just continue to to be the best version of ourselves if we can um as we as we go forward so i just want to you know of course thank you for being here tonight thank you for helping to uh just unpack this a little bit you know just bite-sized pieces but i truly believe that we um we we were we were instrumental tonight you know like i feel good about it you know talking about it just having open dialogue and if there's anything that you want to share in closing uh with with the folks please go right ahead you know however you want to end 
in the episode, please. You're the expert. <laughs> you know, again, Anaya, I have to thank you for, um, again, uh, allowing us this space and opportunity and this platform to really talk about this. Mental illness uh, and mental health is definitely dear to my heart. Um, you know, I, I love being in this profession because I love helping people. Um, and I just want to encourage each and every one of you out there, you know, it's okay not to be okay. If there is, you know, services that you need, it's okay to ask for those services. There are so many resources out there online. I mean, you know, currently, you know, a lot of agencies are providing virtual therapy right now. So you don't even have to leave your house, you know, but reach out, you know, there is NAMI, the National Alliance of Mental Illness, you know, and that is a national wide organization that provides support and services. I know they're instrumental right here in New Jersey. Um, Psychology Today, you can go online and actually check out directories of therapists in your, in, you know, in your community the New Jersey Mental Health Association. Um, I would suggest that if you do feel that you do need a provider or you need somebody to talk to, you can even consult with your, your medical doctor. They may even be able to refer you to a, you know, to a doctor or perhaps even calling your insurance company asking for a directory of mental health providers that's actually in your network. So there are so many supports out there. Please do not suffer in silence. Um, we are all going through this, but we will get through this. And remember, as I always say, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Oh, right, but you know, we uh, with the, the regulations that we can <laughs> play it tonight, they might take our video down or something. But everyone is just saying thank you, uh, reiterating, you know, uh, to, to learn to say no. Robin says that. Um, and no, she's actually out of Canada. She said depression is when you feel that there is no solution or is insurmountable. Um, so just again, I, I thank you for taking time. I always thank you. You know, you give me a yes. I just always say I thank you that I have people that are amazing. They are certified, verified, <laughs> and they are uh, willing to help, you know, our people, help our community. And that's like what you said. There is help, you know, and everybody, even tonight, even on your page, you know, post something. If it's about NAMI, if it's psychology today, you know, it, this is black. Is, I'm saying black. I'm saying minority. Mental <laughs> health awareness. And we all, I challenge you all tonight to just share something on your page to help somebody. Suicide prevention. Um, if you know of a good therapist, just share it on your page. You never know who needs it. You just never know. So let's just take this opportunity to continue to raise awareness because like I can say, just as you would, if it was a heart attack, somebody was having a stroke, somebody blood pressure was very high, you like, no, I'm going to take you to the emergency room. I'm going to do what I need to do to make sure you get the help, you get the treatment that you need. When it comes to mental health, we have to be just that passionate, just that um, interested, just that involved in that as well. So I really implore everyone tonight that's connected with your blessed girl, connected with Moms on a Mission, uh, just with I Change Nations to make sure that you help us to continue this conversation, continue this dialogue, and raise awareness to mental health because 
as Daisha said, listen, make mental health a priority. That is one of my biggest takeaways for tonight. So I thank you so much again. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, thank you guys for sharing. Thank you for commenting. Uh, it, it was a great time. So comment, share, like, you know what to do. We'll see you next week. I have an amazing Dr. Jenna is coming up next week. We will continue this conversation. So make sure you join us as we continue our journey. And as I always say, listen, hey, be bold. Be you. And you know what? Be blessed, girl. Love you. Have a great night. Thank you.